The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Support for this show comes from Shambhala Publications, host of an upcoming online course, The Heart of the Matter, How to Live with Compassion and Courage, taught by Pima Chodron. To learn more or register, visit www.shambhala.com. From Spirituality and Health Magazine, I'm Rabbi Rami, and this is Essential Conversations. My guest today is Snatam Kar, internationally known kirtan singer, kundalini yoga teacher, and now author, whose book Original Light, The Morning Practice of Kundalini Yoga, was published this past April. Spirituality and Health Magazine recognized Sanantam as one of the 100 trailblazers in yoga and Ayurveda, and she will host her own blog on the magazine's website starting in June. So, Sanantam, it's, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here with you. Well, it is my pleasure. Uh, we have met, though I, I don't expect you to remember that, but I am a fan of your music, and I look and I've read parts of the book, and it's really fascinating uh, the way you're sort of bringing the teachings of Sikhism to people who are not Sikhs, and we're going we're gonna to get to that a little bit later. But before we get into the book, there is so much to learn about you yourself. Uh, I mean, you, you say you were raised in a, in a Sikh and Kundalini yoga tradition, so I want to know about that. You're a devotee of Guru Nanak and a student of your spiritual teacher, Yogi Bhajan, who I also know or knew, and also a, a student of, if I'm pronouncing this right, Naad yoga, like the yoga of sound. So do you think there's a, a thread that ties all of this together? Is there something from your, when you were a child that, that says, ah, I was always on this path? Or what, what ties the, the Sikh teachings and the Kundalini and your work with um, Yogi Bhajan? What ties that all together? Wow, that's such a, such a good question. Um, you know, I think that uh, as a child, I learned, you know, in growing up in the Kundalini Yoga tradition um, and the Sikh tradition, um, both woven together in my life, um, I realized how sound can change uh, our vibration inside of us, how sound can change our environment. Um, I became really aware of this, especially as uh, within the Sikh tradition, how sound current is incorporated. Uh, for example, when a baby is born, there is a, a prayer that's sung, and 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 actually that same prayer is sung when when somebody leaves their body, um, and and that music and chanting are a part of uh, daily life. And I especially learned uh, from my mother, who taught me mostly through her example. Um, that chanting could be something that 
could change my energy, that could uplift me out of very challenging situations. Um, and it was, in fact, in the time when my parents actually were getting a divorce, when I really saw, um, as my mother chanted these sacred chants every day, um, how and it, it totally uplifted her and, and carried her through. And, and then that's when, that's when my real awakening uh, happened, when I began to incorporate these chants um, in, in this way to, to really uplift and really get through uh, challenging times. How, how, old you, how old were you then? Um, it all started when I was eight, and then I really had the awareness when I was about 12. Um, and, and this is when, when my daily practice started, when I started doing my own yoga and meditation and chanting practice every morning. And it was my forklift. It, it totally uh, carried me through that time. So I have spoken with Buddhist teachers, especially from the uh, Pure Land School, and I've, talking, I've spoken with, with uh, swamis in various schools of Hinduism, and I've been told several times that the only thing that humans can do now is chant, that that is the spiritual practice for our time. Everything else is too difficult for us, but chanting uh, is the transformative, is the key to, to spiritual transformation. Sounds like you would agree with that. I would, and at the at the risk of sounding too arrogant, um, I would add yoga to that. <laughs> yoga followed by chanting. <laughs> so um, physical yoga. Physical yoga, and hatha and yoga. that really, yeah. I mean, I I love hatha yoga, um, but I have most experience with kundalini yoga, and kundalini yoga, as taught by Yogi Bhajan, uh, incorporates uh, chanting within. The experience, um, and but what you do is you, the the yoga sets really open and prepare the body's energy um, for that merger of of body, mind, and soul through that 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 is really delivered um, in the chanting experience. Hmm. So, when I mean, you you learned this through, or did you actually learn from Yogi Bhajan? You know, I, I can say that I did actually learn uh, from Yogi Bhajan, which is really great. Um, he spent time teaching um, children. He, 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 he came to the, uh, the children's camp that I attended as, as a youngster and then the teen camp that I attended. Um, and then through my early adulthood life, I, was, uh, I, I attended absolutely every class that I could. Um, and I'm so grateful um, and it was really through his example um, that my my music career and teaching career took off um, because he really had this gift, uh, whether it was in a class or a big auditorium giving a speech or whatever it was, to connect with everyone. And, and I think it came from this prayer that he had. He shared it. He shared it with us once about how he really prays before each offering to really serve each person who has come. And so I, I have incorporated, uh, I think, each of those classes, each of those experiences in his physical presence uh, into, my, um, into my work for sure. Can you share the prayer with us? Uh, I would love to share the prayer. Do you mind if I sing it? 
No, absolutely. Sing it. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the, here, here it goes. And, and before, I, I, uh, before I sing it, I'll, I'll give you the translation. Uh, it means, um, O Guru Ramdas, O Divine One, uh, you are my words. To you I pray. Uh, let this experience be uplifted in the light of the One. Let the light of the One serve all who are here. So here goes. Teri mer dao bolna, tu de aage ardas, guru guru ahe guru, guru ramdas. Jugad gure name, sat gure name, siri guru deve name. It sounds beautiful. I mean, you have a wonderful voice. I, I've seen you in concert. I have listened to CDs. So let, this is sort of a good segue into the next question. I wanted to ask you, especially with this notion of sacred sound, and even if you don't understand the word, something is transmitted when you're singing it. I'm curious if you can tell us what's happening to you when you're singing it. Well, when I'm singing, I, I just, I feel like I go into a, a soul space or heart space of my being. Uh, it, it definitely transports me. Um, and certainly as I sat in the presence of Yogi Bhajan and he chanted that chant so many times, it, um, brings my heart to that experience. Um, I feel like sound is so powerful to transport us and transform us. Um, and, you know, it, it, it can be explained in a number of different ways. I know Yogi Bhajan would explain about how we actually transform the um, neurochemistry through the tongue tapping the roof of the mouth. Um, and and I, I, I really, really feel this reality that we can transform ourselves, um, you know, th through the sounds that we choose and, and, and the vibration of the sounds that we choose. I, I absolutely agree with that. Not that it matters that I agree, but I, I think that's absolutely true. Uh, I'll tell you a couple of things and see if I can get your response to them. Uh, in the Jewish tradition, there is a teaching that each person is born with her own, we call it a nigun, a wordless melody. And discovering what your melody is, is a way of discovering your, oh, I guess your unique manifesting of, of the divine. And that every great spiritual teacher has her or his own melodies that she teaches to her students. And when you learn the melody of the teacher, you actually enter more deeply into the spirit of the teacher. So uh, there's that. And then I want to just add something more contemporaneous. Uh, I have a four-month-old grandson, and one of the things that calms him down is when we do Tibetan throat chanting. No, he doesn't do it. He's screaming. But my son and I do it. And it calms him down immediately. Uh, there's something about that 
tonal quality that he finds comforting. So I, I think you can see it in, in adults who might have a story about what they're doing and why they're doing it, but also in infants who haven't got a clue. It's just the sound itself that is nurturing. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Um, yes, I, I, I completely uh, can visualize your grandson. Um, I have similar experiences with, with my daughter, uh, similar experiences even just with myself when I, when I sit down to chant. Um, I feel like this is such uh, an important element um, you know, for us as human beings to know how to shift our energy and, and that these sacred traditions, whether it be Tibetan, Sikh, or uh, Buddhist, or Jew, or um, that we have these sacred chants. Uh, and, and the real power, I think, comes from incorporating them, you know, on a regular basis in the same way that we incorporate so many other things on a regular basis. Um, but I've become recently very passionate about helping people to incorporate this sacred energy on a regular basis, um, which was the, the impetus to uh, write my new book, Original Light, which is, was all about the, the kundalini yoga uh, tradition and um, the morning practice uh, that is offered uh, within this tradition. So let's, let's pick up on the new book. You speak about what you call Aquarian sadhana, so the Aquarian practice, a five-stage practice uh, that you do in the morning. Now, when you practice, it's three o'clock in the morning. So I don't know if that's a requirement for the rest of us, but can you sort of give us an overview so people have an idea of what the Aquarian sadhana is and you know, why they might want to pick it up? As a yeah, yeah, and and certainly when I do my full practice, I'm I'm waking up at three o'clock in the morning, um, but um, it, that's definitely not every morning. And um, the idea is really to help people starting off with say a half hour practice. Um, it's really just about incorporating um, sacredness and and sacred practices um, into your life, but then also. Um, in the practice, it includes uh, yoga. It includes actually a morning wake-up routine with a cold shower. Um, it's actually very much uh, about um, revitalizing, regenerating this body temple uh, so that we can do our work in a sacred way uh, on, on the planet. And yeah, it has five stages, um, the first being uh, the wake up routine, creating um, a sacred space in your in your life in your home, and then there's a, a sacred recitation to balance balance the brain is what it works on, and then um, a yoga set. And in the book, we have nine yoga sets offered, um, 
and from the practice of kundalini yoga ranging from um, health for your kidneys to a yoga set for women to do during PMS um, to just a general good tune-up set, all sorts of sets anyway, and then uh, chanting uh, and then um, finishing with a way to incorporate divine teachings uh, into your life. And I invite people from all traditions to bring in their divine teachings at this point. Um, so yeah, that's the basic book. And then there's also two recorded CDs uh, of chanting uh, for people to, um, to have that assistance in the morning, um, which I recorded with my band. So do you think that listening to you and singing along with you using the CDs is, will that work sufficiently or do people really need to come and sit with you in person and learn how to do this? Well, you know, I feel, uh, I feel hopeful that, that the book has, has been thorough enough for people to, and we've certainly given all the tools for, for someone, uh, say in Timbuktu or wherever, um, to, to be able to take this practice up and do it on their own. Um, but if not, I'm offering an online course, um, which people can find out about by going to my website, sonatamcar.com, um, and, and doing a number of, of in-person workshops and offerings, um, you know, on my Facebook page and different things. As much as I can, um, I'm putting myself out there. Um, and also through my blog with Health and Spirituality, I'm going to be addressing a number of uh, tools and techniques to to uplift your practice. Um, so it's really my life's work now. Um, but you know, it's a kind of a new age uh, where where we're trying out all these online techniques and ways of connecting with people. Um, and um, there's also a large community of Kundalini Yoga practitioners that uh, people can connect with as well to have the experience in a more of a community type setting. Um, so I try to offer all these resources to people to kind of supplement the book. And uh, you mentioned the blog and I, I mentioned it in the top of the show, but I just wanted to remind people that you are starting this in June. Is it, I, the work I do is spirituality and health and the magazine is a Q&A. People send me questions. Are you looking to, to are people, how do people contact you vis-a-vis -vis the blog? Will there be a way to ask questions of you, a way to, to get more information from you, or is it sort of a one-way presentation via the website, spiritualityhealth.com? Well, you know what? I, I am not sure how that's all unfolding, um, but that's a great idea that I hadn't thought of. I'm kind of a new blogger on the scene, um, but certainly people can, can always... Uh, contact me through my website, sonatumcar.com, and I'm, I'm very available that way. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'd love to make the blog more interactive, and I'll, I'll definitely talk with the folks at Health and Spirituality about that. Okay. Well, this is a fascinating conversation, way too short, but we're going to have to end it there. My guest today was Sinantam Carr. 
You can learn more about her work at snantankar.com. You can read an excerpt from her new book, Original Light, The Morning Practice of Kundalini Yoga, on the Spirituality and Health website. That's www.spiritualityhealth.com. And you can listen to her on her her own website, snantankar.com. Listen to her CDs. You can sample these things, get them for yourself. It's Sanantam, it's really powerful work. So I want to—I don't want to sound like a fanboy, but it really is great work that you're doing. And thank you so much for being with us on Essential Conversations. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Our pleasure. Support for this edition of Essential Conversations comes from Shambhala Publications, host of the upcoming online course, The Heart of the Matter, How to Live with Compassion and Courage, taught by Pema Chodron. To learn more and to register, visit Shambhala.com. Essential Conversations with Rabbi Rami is a project of Spirituality and Health magazine. Visit SpiritualityHealth.com and subscribe to the magazine in either print or digital formats. And download the iTunes app for this podcast. Essential Conversations is produced by Ezra Baker. And our program coordinator is Alma Tassi. I'm Rabbi Rami. Thanks for listening. Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.